With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor behind SteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. It is Friday, folks. We've done it. We've made it through another week. Congratulations. Tip of the cap to you. We also are on the verge of another Steelers game. This week two contest against the New England Patriots, it looms large for a lot of reasons. And there's a lot of ways and a lot of aspects of this game that we can kind of disseminate, that we can point to and say, this is what this team needs to do. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what the Steelers need to do to stay perfect in 2022. I'm going to deliver the news, the updated injury report. We're going to preview this game. I'm going to give you my DraftKings parlay. It's changing a little bit, but I'm going to give you that DraftKings parlay right before the first break. In the second half of the show... We have Jeremy Jerome Betts coming on for the All Bets Are Off segment. We're going to do our NFL game picks. I'm going to give you my prediction for this upcoming game against the Steelers, or with the Steelers and the Patriots. And stay tuned for my heart-to-heart at the very end. You're not going to want to miss it. All right, let's start with the news. In case you didn't notice, on Thursday it was announced, we all knew it was coming, but T.J. Watt was signed, was put on the injured reserve list. He wasn't signed. He was put on the injured reserve list, which means that he has to miss the next four weeks at a minimum. He can miss more than that. Any player that's on injured reserve that is planning on returning has to miss a minimum of four weeks. So when you think about Carl Joseph, minimum four weeks. You think about Calvin Austin III, minimum four weeks. DeMonte KZ, you get the picture. So now T.J. Watt is in that time frame. Everything that you've heard is that it's going to be at least a six-week recovery. I talked about how my feelings on this on my Wednesday show, you can go back and check that out in regards to being quote-unquote rushed back. I don't think that that's going to happen, not unless the Steelers allow the medical staff to lie to them. I don't know. I just don't foresee any way that he comes back early. But here's the interesting point of this. It has nothing to do with T.J. Watt. We all knew that when Watt goes to injured reserve, they're going to have to bring someone else onto the active roster. Well, it was Friday. I'm not sorry, it wasn't Friday. It was, uh, I think, Monday or Tuesday. It was one of the days earlier in the week when the Steelers announced that they actually brought in another player, and they signed him to their practice squad. So for me, when I saw Steelers sign Ryan Anderson... Okay, so that, that's a former draft pick of the Washington football organization, and he didn't play in the league last year after testing positive for PEDs, but he's an Alabama product. I think he was a second-round draft pick. I'm thinking, oh, wow, this Anderson guy, he might be the guy that gets promoted from the practice squad to fill T.J. Watt's void, or if you know what I mean. Come to find out they didn't go that route. The Steelers decide to bring in a new outside linebacker. They signed a guy named David, I'm going to butcher this name, 
Aneni, probably. A-N-E-N-I-H. I'm not sure if that's how you say it. My apologies, David. Uh, but still, he was on the Tennessee Titans practice squad. Now, anytime a player gets poached off the practice squad, they have to be signed to the 53-man roster. This is not a, well, we're going to pick him up off the practice squad and we're going to put him on our practice squad. He might end up on the Steelers' practice squad. They would have to waive him They'd have to, or cut him. He would have to then go through the whole process, and if he doesn't get signed by another team, they could bring him back. But this is a guy that is an undrafted rookie out of Houston. He had three sacks, I believe, in the preseason for the Tennessee Titans. Titans fans were kind of excited about him as a future potential candidate. And the Steelers say, we need this guy right now. And so he's now on the active roster. So that fills out those four players at the outside linebacker position without TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Malik Reed, Jameer Jones, and now I guess it's Aneni, David Aneni. So that was some news today. I'm sorry, Thursday. That was some news Thursday. Let's talk about the injury report and mainly let's preview this game coming up week two at Acroshore Stadium, the ACK with the New England Patriots. All right, so let's talk about the injury report first. Um, let's talk about the Steelers. Wednesday, September 14th, we're going to go back to Wednesday, the very first injury report. It's important to note and be able to say, okay, where are these players trending? Now, today, Friday, is when you're going to obviously get the final injury report with game statuses and all that stuff, but here's what we know right now. On Wednesday, Najee Harris with his foot was limited. So was Levi Wallace with his ankle. Robert Spillane with an eye injury was a full participant. Mason Cole with an ankle was limited, and at that time, T.J. Watt was still on the active roster, so he was listed as not practicing with a pectoral. Now let's go to Thursday, yesterday, September 15th. Najee Harris, he gets upgraded to full participant. That's a good thing. Same with Levi Wallace, went from limited on Wednesday to a full participant on Thursday. Robert Spillane saw no setback, so he was a full participant Mason Cole, though, remained limited for the second straight day. And then Cameron Hayward, not injury-related. They were resting the player. He was listed as limited. So the biggest concern from what it seems like right now is Mason Cole. you got to keep your eye out on him. Let's go to the other side of the docket with the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick up to his no-good no ways. On Wednesday, September 14th, here's what their pra their practice report looked like. Linebacker Jawan Bentley with a toe did not practice. Safety Joshua Bledsoe with a groin was limited. Safety Adrian Phillips with ribs was limited. Sa safety Cole Strange with a shoulder was limited. Cornerback Sean Wade with an ankle was limited. And then the biggest name, quarterback Mac Jones with a back, was a full participant. So on Thursday, Thursday mid-morning, maybe closer to noon, it was put out by, I think it was Mike Reese of ESPN, that Mac Jones did not practice because he was sick. So I'm expecting the DNP next to Mac Jones' name, what was interesting, and maybe New England just does things differently than Pittsburgh. But if Pittsburgh has a new injury or something else, think back to Deontay Johnson prior to week one with a shoulder injury. He had to leave practice with the cramps. That was added. Everyone remembers that. So quarterback Mac Jones did not practice on Thursday, but there was no sick or illness designation. It was just the back. This is curious for me. Belichick does things like this. I'll talk about that in a second. Jawan Bentley with the toe was limited for a second straight day. So was Joshua Bledsoe was limited. Trent Brown, that's a new name. Tackle Trent Brown with an ankle was limited. Adrian Phillips, the safety with ribs was limited again. Pierre Strong with a shoulder. It's another name added, was limited. And... Uh, Sean Wade with an ankle was limited. So this is something going back as long as I can remember, back when probable tags used to be listed, Bill Belichick would list everyone probable or everyone questionable. He just didn't want to share too much information. But Mac Jones, keep your eye out on that. I'm not saying he's going to miss the game, but there might be something else to this. There might be something else to this. All right, let's talk about the history between these two teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots. So current team records, we know the Steelers are 1-0. The New England Patriots are 0-1 after losing to the Miami Dolphins last week. If you want to look at the odds and the spread, we'll talk about that again in the second half. But the Steelers are actually getting 1.5 points. What a smack in the face. The Steelers are getting 1.5 points at home. At home. 1.5. I still cannot wrap my head around that. If it was a pick-em game, I get it. No, the Steelers plus one and a half. 
The over-under is set at 40. So, boy, the, the, they, the Vegas, the bookmakers, they normally know something that we don't, but I just don't get this at all. In the last five games in this series, the Steelers are 1-4. and 1-4, and four, the lone victory in the last five uh, being that fun and exciting game with the color rush jerseys where Joe Hayden intercepts Tom Brady at the end of the game. The matchup history, New England leads this overall history with the, between these two organizations 17-16. to 16. So the one thing to note is that it's been it, this is in recent history it's been really lopsided in terms of the Patriots over the Steelers, and everyone knows there's no more Tom Brady, there's no more Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Steeler fans just cling to the the victories of 2018 and 2011 and 2004. Uh, but and I leave 2008 out, by the way, because Matt Castle was quarterback. That wasn't Tom Brady. But the one thing to keep in mind, though, is that this just feels like it's a fresh slate. It feels like it's new. It feels like it's different. Mac Jones, and it's going to be Mitch Trubisky. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is going to be the quarterback like a Brady and Roethlisberger. But still, this game has just a different feel to it. It's a lot of unknowns. And if you listen to the podcast, Know Your Enemy. Now, that's Shannon White and Jeffrey Benedict. They had a great guest on, Pat Lane from Pat's Pulpit, and he was very honest about how the Patriots' offense is struggling. Sounds familiar. But their defense is very stout, that they're really good up front, and they're they're good at stopping the run. So when I thought about the keys to victory, when I thought about what the Steelers need to do to win, I'm going to do the same thing I did last week. We're going to break it down into offense, defense, and special teams. I'm going to give you three offensive keys, three defensive keys, and one special teams key for the Steelers to win. It's what they have to do to stay perfect. That's exactly the title of the podcast. Let's talk about offense because I think offense is important, and it's obviously where I want to start. On offense, I think the number one key is they have to stay balanced. In week one, even with an extra period of play, the Steelers threw the ball 38 times and ran it 22. I'd love to see that number be more even, but also to have more success on the ground. But I'm looking for balance. Give me balance, a balanced approach. If they can be balanced, I'm not talking 50-50. Give me 60-40, and that's a winning recipe. That's a winning recipe. The next key, stay clean. And when I say stay clean, I'm not talking about injuries. That's important. I'm talking about turning the ball over. Last week, we know the Steelers took the ball away five times, and they didn't give it away once. You have to remain clean. With that being said, as so many podcasters on our network say, Mitch Trubisky can't, Mitch Trubisky can't play scared, though. He cannot say, I'm not going to take a risk because he's fearful of turning the ball over. There are moments where you have to do that, but for an entire game, you hope he's willing to take some shots It's what this team needs in certain situations. So stay clean, though, overall. And then I'm going to keep the third one the same because it has to be kept the same, in my opinion. That is win in key areas. Third down, last weekend, last Sunday, against the Bengals, the Steelers finished 4 for 15. 4 for 15. That was on my losers in my winners and losers podcast on Monday. You can still go back and check that out if you want. Four for 15. You're just not going to win a lot of football games when you have four third down conversions out of 15 tries. And then in the red zone, they finished one for two, but it just felt like that offense was so anemic. They just couldn't do anything right. It's unbelievable how offense, that offense just, everyone brought up the conclusion, and rightfully so, week three, 2019 in San Francisco. Minka Fitzpatrick's first game. The Steelers' defense is setting up the offense in every possible way, and they can't do anything. That's got to change, and it starts by winning in key areas. Let's go to the defensive side of the football. On defense, you got to keep the takeaway party going. Am I expecting five takeaways every game? No. Am I expecting at least one? Yes. I think that they could definitely get one or two And that's going to be a huge part of their success or failure in this game. The second key, continue the sack party. Now, when you're talking about the sack party, we're talking about what are they going to do without TJ Watt? 
Now, it's important to note that last week when the Steelers registered seven sacks on Joe Burrow, only one of those was registered by Trent Jordan-Watt. So with that, you're looking at Alex Highsmith getting three last week. Can he duplicate that? Can he get more than one? Cam Hayward was dominant last week. Can he continue that? We know he can. But without Watt there, well, how does that impact others? Who else is going to get a sack? For instance, Arthur Millette came up with a big sack for the Steelers. Robert Spillane's was just, he was closest, but still it counts. The Steelers absolutely need to show that they can continue to get pressure on the quarterback against a quarterback like Mac Jones, who is like a statue compared to even Joe Burrow. When you're talking about Joe Burrow, he is elusive. He is like a Lamar Jackson in comparison to Mac Jones. It's not that Mac Jones can't run. He's just not good at it. And so this is a situation where if Mac Jones plays in this game, I want to see Brian Flores, who knows Bill Belichick very well, Terrell Austin and Mike Tomlin put their collective heads together and say, we want to throw some stuff at this guy he has never seen before. And I kind of want to see if Malik Reed can do something. It's going to be interesting, but they got to get after the quarterback. The last key on the defensive side of the ball is get off the flipping field. It was, I want to say it was close to, if not close to halftime, the second half until the Steelers actually forced a third down stop. They got a third down stop and forced the Bengals to punt the ball away. In the first half, they were either turning it over or if they weren't turning it over, they were putting points on the board, whether it was a field goal or whether it was a touchdown. In week one, Cincinnati was 500 on third down, eight for 16. I would love to see the Steelers do to the Bengals what the Bengals did to the Steelers. I talked about four for 15 on the offensive side. I'd love to see the Steelers defense tighten up those bolts in third down and prove that they are more than capable of stopping and getting off the field. That's the important thing. Get off the field. So those are the defensive keys. Special teams, it's consistency. Consistency is key. Consistency with no penalties on special teams. Big press, consistency, both as a holder and as a punter. Chris Boswell, yeah. Brian Davis talked a lot on the post-game show about how you should get extra points for hitting the post. I'm sorry, but that's not the objective. The objective is to hit it through the uprights. So that's what I want to see, consistency in every phase of special teams. So let's recap this before we get to the DraftKings Sportsbook Parlay. On offense, balance. Stay balanced on offense between the run and the pass. Stay clean. Don't turn it over. Don't start turning it over, Mitch. Win in key areas. We're talking third downs and red zones. On defense, continue the takeaway party. The second one, get after the quarterback sack. The sack, we'll call it a streak if you want. It has to continue. And then third is get off the field on third down. Force more puns. Special teams, we're just talking about plain old consistency. All right, folks, it is time. Last week, it was awful. It was putrid. It was disgusting. I only hit one leg out of three on my parlay last week. Pat Fryermuth did not score a touchdown. The Steelers did. Let's see, what was the other one? Uh, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Najee Harris did not get over 64 and a half yards. And the one that I did hit on was the Steelers scored more than 19 and a half points. So something changed this week. This was not my doing. But DraftKings, the sports book, that was kind of like a, a one thing. It was, it was a week one thing where they had all these individual player, you know, parlay, potential parlays out there in terms of the odds and, and different types of uh, bets that you can make on the game. I did not have that available this week. Spoke to my guy at DraftKings, and he said, yeah, they're looking at probably not to like Thursday or late Thursday or Friday for those Sunday games to come out. And so I'm thinking, great, great. This is great. I record. I can't do that. And he said, well, you can do the team bets. So this are, these are team-only bets. But every week this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will, put, DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. This week, our parlay is, okay, keep this in mind. It's team-only picks. Here we go. The New England Patriots total points. I had that line set at 19 and a half, and I took the under. I think the Steelers' defense is going to keep the New England Patriots under that 19 and a half point total. That's a plus 120 bet. Okay, so not great odds, but it's not bad. 
The second leg, Pittsburgh's total points. 21.5 is the line I selected. I'm taking the over. So that's plus 145. Plus 145. So the first leg, total pay, total points for the Patriots under 19.5. Second leg, Pittsburgh Steelers total points over 21.5. And the last one, the last leg is Pittsburgh to win by five or more points plus 230. Plus 230. I like those. I like this one better than I did last week. Last week, when I was making my parlay, I was wondering how are these individuals going to look? Like, how's Najee Harris going to look? Pat Farmer. I like these team picks. I like these team picks. I might be placing another parlay. If I do, I'll let you know how that goes on my Monday show. But this is the one. This is the one. Be sure to check out our Twitter where there will be a link to these to this this parlay bet for you to get involved with. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. So there you have my DraftKings Sportsbook Parlay. You believe me? You trust me? Place the bet. All right, when I come back after this break, I'm going to have Jeremy Jerome Betts on for the All Bets Are Off segment. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Steeler fans, welcome back to the second half of Let's Ride. It's a Friday show. I've been teasing this since Wednesday. It is time for the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jerome? How's it going? Man, it's going great. The weather, like I said last week, starting to cool down, and it feels like fall outside, man, and that means football, and I'm so ready. Yeah, it's beautiful outside. The The humidity's kind of gone away, but it's still yeah. been warm enough. I need to get out and golf more, i tell you that right now. But anyways. Oh, me too, man. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> but it's perfect football weather, like you said. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be going head-to-head with the Patriots. This is an article I want to get your thoughts on. I wrote it on Thursday, and mm. this all stemmed from an ESPN Plus article where Dan Graziano and Jeremy Fowler, they gave their take on several talking points. I didn't realize this, that the Steelers and Patriots, one or both, have been in the AFC Mm. postseason since 2000. And they asked, is this the year that that streak breaks? And I don't think it's funny, but I, I was shocked that Fowler and Graziano both said that they think this is the year it stops. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, first off, the the streak is absolutely insane. It it uh, absolutely pictures the consistency of both of these squads. And I know that the Patriots had that run with Tom Brady, right? And so and the Steelers also with Ben Roethlisberger. So we're on the other side of that. I can see where they would be coming from, uh, especially with uh, an AFC that seems to be pretty loaded, right? So you're you're looking at an uphill climb for both of these teams uh, to make the postseason. But I don't know. I think one of these two will work their way into the mix. And uh, so I would say the streak continues in 2022 uh, just personally, but um, I don't know if it's going to be the Patriots. I I would lean more towards it being the Steelers uh, with my black and gold glasses square on my face. Well, for sure, for sure. And you look at the quarterback situation for both of these teams. I mean, you have Mac Jones. Now we have Mac Jones not practicing on Thursday for what was told to be an illness, but on the injury report, it says back still. And yeah. he had back spasms. And I, I, anyone that's ever pulled a muscle on your back, so you tweak your back for whatever mm. reason, doing something, you, yep. you bend over and you pick up, I don't know, a thing of mulch. That's just an example. <laughs> sure. And all of a sudden you go, oh, there it is. There's the back. There goes the back. That thing can hurt for weeks. Man, weeks. Now, yeah. I'm not a professional athlete. I don't have access to acupuncture, like the yeah. you know the flip of a switch and all that stuff. But still, 
there's got to be some concern in New England, don't you think, about about their quarterback? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially with a guy, you know, that in the court in the throwing motion, you're engaging literally every muscle in the upper body and the lower body if you're doing it right. Um, but the back as well, that twisting motion in the throw, and obviously getting chased by defenders and hopefully sacked a lot this weekend. You know that doesn't bode mm-hmm. well for a guy with back injuries. Jeff, I blew out my back just two weeks ago, and I'm only—I mean, I'm only 28, oh and uh, but I felt it, and I was just walking down the street, man, and it, it blew out on me. So, <laughs> uh, you know, Mac you, Jones you blew out <laughs> your back just walking down the street. You didn't pick well, the, up mulch. The day before you I was trimming bushes or something. You like weren't that. deadlifting in the gym. You were just walking down the street. Just walking. Yeah, Please just don't walking tell anywhere. anyone else that you were hurt your back walking down the street. Yeah. Just. <laughs> I was in a major car accident or something, you know, just there you go. That's like that. more yeah, believable. You go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking of uh, the quarterbacks, I want to ask you one question about new England. So Hoyer, mm. am I correct? Is the backup? Yes. Mm. Is there any part of you that thinks I'd rather face Mac Jones than Brian Hoyer? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's the case uh, Keenum effect. That's what I always said. It's sure. the case Keenum effect. When case Keenum was in Cleveland, I'd rather play Baker Mayfield than I would case yep. Keenum. So uh, you're on that board. You're on board with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think you back at 2019 when the Steelers played the Colts, that was their last exposure to Brian Hoyer because um, who was it at the time that went down with an injury uh, there? Who was the first quarterback to replace Andrew Luck after he made his surprise retirement in 2018? Who was that? I don't remember off the top of my head, but Brian Hoyer came in to replace this quarterback. No, wasn't well. It might have been Brissett. It was, uh, but it was not. They had that year. It was not Brissett in 2019. Yeah, they had a year. So tons of quarterbacks. Yeah, whoever it was, um, Brian Hoyer came in, and that was the Minka Fitzpatrick 98 yard interception return for a touchdown game, which proved to be the difference in that game. And Hoyer moved up and down the field on us a a few times. So I would, I would much rather see Mac Jones. Obviously, you're preparing for Mac Jones, so that's uh, that plays into it as well. That's a great point. I forgot about the Hoyer, you know, him driving down the field, which he did move the ball well against Pittsburgh when he was in Indy. Uh, Let's talk about what we hope the Steelers do to that quarterback. And that is get after him. Now, I don't think anyone's expecting seven sacks again. Uh, That's a big number for any week uh, against any opponent. But I want to ask your thoughts. You know, TJ Watt on Thursday officially won an injured reserve. They bring in, let me see if I have the name right here. David, I got just David and any, and I don't know if that's correct, but still I'm going with it too. Yeah. yeah, We'll go with that. David a anyways, the, he, he gets brought off of the Tennessee Titans practice squad. Yeah. How confident are you? The Steelers are going to continue to be able to put consistent pressure. That's the key there. Consistent sure. pressure on the quarterback without Trent Jordan. Watt. Yeah, I think they can still do it, but I think, they're going to have to change up how they do it. It's going to require uh, more creativity uh, from Terrell Austin and, and Brian Flores to uh, get the linebackers and the and the safeties and the cornerbacks involved in the blitz game. You're going to see more blitzing this week than you did last week because the Steelers uh, without TJ Watt are definitely not going to be as strong with their uh, initial front four pressure. You would, you would expect that because TJ Watt's an all-world athlete at the position – and plays it better than anybody else right now. So Alex Highsmith uh, is going to be solid, and I love what he does in run support, even without TJ Watt. But, um, you know, an underrated aspect of TJ Watt's just presence on the field is what he does for everybody else. So, um, you know, I would expect that the Steelers are going to have to work harder to create pressure, but I think that they'll still be able to do that. Give me a bold prediction in terms of the sack numbers. Like, give me something that you like, I think this week, based on what you just said and yeah. anything else that you're thinking about, what's a bold prediction for a player to sure. have a good game in the sack production department? So I think I would look next to Cam Hayward, and I think he could have a, mm. a two or three sack game, two and a half sacks, if you will. I'll, I'll say two and a half sacks for Cam Hayward this week against the New England Patriots because the interior offensive line in New England has struggled um, in the preseason and in week one, you saw that as well. And uh, so I would expect uh, Cam Hayward to have himself a day. And uh, even, even though the offense might like to roll extra help his direction, I don't think it's going to matter because 
Cam Hayward is just that good. And so I would expect him to pick up some of the slack of the TJ Watt departure. I like it. I think Cam's going to, that, that's what I, I think I said this in an article at one point, the replacement replacing TJ Watt is not a one man job. That's an right. 11 player job. They're all going to have to step up their game and you're going to see, and this was a great point. I, I forget who said it, which show it was on. I listened to so many of our podcasts where they said that, you know, it was when TJ Watt left. I think it was Jeffrey Benedict is when they started blitzing Arthur Millette more. Yeah. You know, they started sending those type of blitzes. So I think you're right. They're going to have to be creative uh, in terms of this week. I, I want to ask you one last question before we get to the game picks. And this does allude to the Steelers picks. So don't give away your pick. Sure. When you saw the line released that the Steelers mm. were getting one and a half points at home in their yeah. home opener coming off of the 23, 20 win against Cincinnati. Your reaction was what? It was what? <laughs> <You know>, what? <laughs> I get that. Uh, yeah. So obviously it's the TJ Watt effect. Um, I think you see that in play, but still without TJ Watt, when you watch what new England did or did not do in their game against Miami, uh, I do not understand why that is the case. So, um, you know, it, it was a surprise to me for sure uh, with the Steelers coming off a win against a division rival and yes, losing arguably their best player, um, but still maintaining uh, three or four high, high quality players on the de- defensive side of the ball and hopefully an offense that can improve under the, uh, fam- or the kind uh scenario and environment of, of Acresher stadium. And the funny thing is to people that are out there that might not know about betting lines and stuff like that, Mm. it is typical for the home team to carry a three point spread. So if this was just, you know, the typical game, it would be the Pittsburgh Steelers minus three versus new England because Pittsburgh's at home. I always keep that in the back of my mind when you're talking about odds, because now it's technically like a four and a half point swing here if you're including that i just don't get it i cannot wrap my head around this at all i thought for sure the line would change throughout the week and it hasn't budged a bit yeah if you look at these teams even as equals then the steelers would have gotten that three point would would be giving three points um but they obviously don't see that that way in the sports books and uh you know maybe take advantage of that this gosh yes we'll get to our predictions (laughs) here in a second you ready to do the game picks I'm ready, man. Let's do it. How did we do last week? I haven't even looked. Did you see any rankings or anything? I'm still trying to figure out um, Tally site, and they were struggling today for for me. So uh, when I was looking at it, I could not tell rankings. I I know I I think I did pretty well overall, but um, maybe missed a couple over-unders. So. Yeah, I think you did better than I did. You predicted some some games, like you predicted Tampa Bay, and I took Dallas, so uh, that was a dud. But let's get to these picks. Uh, let's get to, wow, the first game on the docket on Sunday, 1 o'clock. This is one that all Steeler fans are going to be watching. The Miami Dolphins go to Baltimore. M&T Bank Stadium, Baltimore's yep. home opener. Baltimore's giving three and a half. What do you think about this game? Hmm. So, uh, Jeff, I struggle with these divisional or Steelers division opponent games because I, I play my heartstrings so much when it comes to the Steelers. So I have to t- kind of take a step back. But even doing so, I really like this Miami team uh, with what they do on defense. I think that that is something that uh, Lamar Jackson has shown uh, it, to be a struggle with the active safeties um, coming down into the middle of the field. And so despite Baltimore being the home team and uh, a home favorite, I, I think uh, I like Miami to cover uh, the, the spread here. Uh, and I also like uh, the under in this matchup. So for me, I think this game could be a track meet and Mm. Baltimore, they typically have in the past gotten off to real fast starts of the season. I think this is going to be one of those. I think Baltimore wins. I think they cover the three and a half. Miami never seems to play well in Baltimore. Mm, That's not the case in Miami in Baltimore. They struggle. I like the Ravens giving three and a half. Let's go to another divisional game. Cleveland Browns are hosting the New York Jets. I'm guessing Joe Flacco is still the quarterback of the Jets. Yes. The Browns are giving six, six, I'm sorry, six and a half. There's a hook there. Six and a half. What do you think about this game with Brownie the elf in the middle of the field in Cleveland? (laughs) Uh, I showed my wife who is a notorious Cleveland Browns fan that video and she got all pumped up and I was like, 
why are you pumped up about that? It, it looks like a child's toy in the middle of your field. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's a big spread for a team that struggled on offense in, in Cleveland. And I know their defense is pretty good, but the Jets defense is actually pretty good too. If you go back and watch that, that Jets and Ravens game, the Jets played good defense against Lamar Jackson and company. This is going to be a low scoring matchup. And I like the Jets to, to get the points here. I like Cleveland at home, home opener. Mine, they them winning last week against the Panthers stunned me. So mm-hmm. I, I think Cleveland's going to win. I got Cleveland, and I have them covering too because I think the New York Jets uh-huh. offense can't do much. So sure. I'll go with that. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope I lose that one. Let's go to the Washington Commanders going to the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are favored for the first time, I think, since 2020 or some, some crazy stat like yeah. that. Detroit's giving one and a half. Uh, but the Lions actually, yeah, one and a half points. What do you think about this one? I like the Lions here. I really do. I think they showed a lot in that game against the Eagles. And uh, if if DeAndre Swift is healthy, there's some question marks about him uh, going into the week. If he uh, goes into this game with a clean bill of health, then I like the Lions to cover. And uh, Washington surprised me last week as well. But yeah. even so, uh, with the Lions being on or at home and, and coming off of a, a narrow uh, loss there. I think that they rebound this week and with such a, a small margin here, uh, I like the lions to cover. I like the commanders to find a way getting points on the road. I don't think I'm not a believer in the Detroit lions. So we'll see how that goes. You're just the Indi- contrarian today. Yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, the, sometimes I have these weeks where I just go against the right. rain on everything. Everything. The Indi- <laughs> Indianapolis Colts going to the Jacksonville Jaguars and AFC South matchup. The Jaguars are getting four at home. What do you mm-hmm. think about this? So this one's a tough one for me. I I came into the season with high expectations for Jacksonville, higher than most, and they kind of disappointed last week. But uh, these division games, you never know. So uh, home dog, I like it. Uh, I'm I'm going with the Jaguars here. I am going with the Colts. I mean, I know they didn't play well, and they they tied <laughs> last week against Houston. But this is a revenge game for Indy. They went and laid an egg in Jacksonville yeah. last year. It benefited the Steelers. I think the Colts find a way to win, and I think they'll cover the four points. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers NFC South matchup in New Orleans for Jameis Winston and the Saints. The Buccaneers are giving three on the road. What do you think about this one? Uh, This one was another tough one, but um, you know I like I like the Buccaneers here, and uh, it's it's close. um, But I'm I'm going to take the Buccaneers at uh, two. I I see two two and and a half. half. Is that what you said? Yeah, two and a half. Um, so, you know, I think this will be another low scoring game and, uh, but I think that the, the bucks win it by a field goal. So they just barely get it. Um, but I think that they, they get the two and a half points here. I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. I think they cover and hope, I think they'll play better than they did last week. So they didn't play well against Dallas, but still, okay, let's go to Carolina Panthers coming off that disappointing home loss. They're going to New York, New York giants are coming off of a big win over the Tennessee Titans in week one. Yeah. The Giants are giving two points. What do you think? Uh, I like the Panthers in this game for a rebound. And um, the odds makers obviously like the Giants win over the the Titans more than I do. I, I think it was uh, more or less fluky. But, uh, you know, Tennessee I don't think is going to be as good a team this year as some people are are projecting as well. But I like Baker Mayfield to come out against a, a defense that will not be near as sharp as uh, the – uh, Browns was, and I think uh, his castle weapons are a little too much for the Giants on defense. So I like I like the Panthers um, winning this game outright, actually, and therefore covering. This is hysterical. We're going against each other like every single pick. <laughs> I have Man. the Giants. I think Saquon Barkley looks like he's back to his former self, pre-injury exactly. Saquon Barkley. If he can get going, watch out. This should be a good game uh, if you're interested in these two teams. And so I'm going to take right. the Giants even giving points. Uh, let's go to Atlanta Falcons. This is the four Oh five slate Atlanta Falcons going to the LA Rams. Huge spread here. LA is giving spread. 10. What do you think? Um, so this one is interesting to me because I mean, you, you're talking about a Rams team that did not show up against Buffalo and yes, it's Buffalo. And then you're also talking about a, a Falcons team that played above expectation in week one, and I think this Falcons team is a little bit unknown on offense, and that works to their advantage here. And their defense is going to be uh, spunkier than than most would would think. The Rams could not get a running game going against the Bills, and so I think the Falcons um, get the points here. 
And so I like uh, I like the Falcons in this game. Give me the Rams, given the points. Oh, I don't man. typically go with double digit odds, but I think the Rams are going to rebound in a big way and they're at home. Uh, I like the Rams here, even though they're giving 10. Okay, Seattle stunned everyone last week, sure and did. they beat Denver. They were getting six points at home, and they still found a way to win straight up on the money line. They are getting nine points against the 49ers, who lost a dud in Chicago. It was like a monsoon, yeah. but it's yes. in San Fran, I guess, if you want to call that San Francisco. It's not really, but still, what do you think about this game? How do you see it playing out? Uh, I went with a lot of dogs this week, uh, Jeff, I think, and I'm doing it again. Uh, I think Seattle keeps it close. Another divisional game. That's a huge spread for a divisional game. I, I hate that uh, that type of spread. So uh, I'm going to go with the Seahawks here. I'm going to agree with you for once, and I like yeah, Seattle to at least cover. <laughs> I don't think they win, but I think they sure. at least cover. Yes. The Cincinnati Bengals at 425 go down to Dallas and Jerry World, and they are actually – giving seven on the road, the Dak Prescott less Dallas Cowboys. What do you think about this game? Uh, I think the Bengals absolutely run away with this game. Uh, They're mad from uh, a loss to the Steelers and no Dak Prescott. How, how does, uh, how did the Cowboys keep up with this offense? You know, the Cowboys defense is good. Uh, They're going to pressure Joe Burrow, but I don't think Joe Burrow makes nearly as many mistakes in the second week in a row. So I like the Bengals here, even with a, a a big spread to cover. I think they're the better team. I agree. I think Cincinnati minus seven, they'll cover. If not, I'll be stunned. I'd also be happy. Okay, Houston, Denver, in Denver. The Houston Texans, like I said, they're coming off of a tie against the Colts. Uh, the Houston Texans are getting 10 points on the road. Another big spread. Denver's coming off that Monday night loss in Seattle. What do you think about this game? What's the weird one? Yeah, I'm... I'm kind of not in on the Broncos this year. Um, I don't know if it all works. You know, I don't think with uh, all of the the work that they've done this offseason to bring in guys like Russell Wilson and uh, some guys on defense to help out. Um, I just don't know how it goes. And and we saw last week that it wasn't perfect, obviously, in, in the loss and nowhere even close to it. So I like Houston this week. I think they're going to be a scrappy team. They're going to be a well-coached team. Lovey Smith knows what he's doing. And so I think they'll keep it close. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're going to keep it closer than the 10 points they're getting. I'm actually going to go with Denver here, and I just think that they're going to be angry enough from last week. I think Russell Wilson can have a big game. At, at They're at home, and they don't have that whole Russell Wilson going back to Seattle stuff over their heads. Mm-hmm. I like Denver to actually cover. Let's go to Arizona in Las Vegas playing the Raiders. The Raiders are giving five and a half. Arizona's coming off of that beat down by the Chiefs. The Raiders coming off a loss to the Chargers. What do you think about this game? Weird game as well. Yeah, I think both of these teams have a little more to give than they necessarily showed in week one. So I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a, a, a big scoring game too. Uh, but I think the, the Cardinals keep it close here. Um, so I think uh, I, I like the Cardinals this week uh, getting five and a half. I like the Raiders giving five and a half at home. I think there's something about that team. I think they're going to go off. Devontae Adams already had a big game. He could have another big game. We'll keep that in mind. Sunday night, I really wish they would stop putting this game in primetime. I swear. The Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers. Look, I get the history of the NFL. I just don't need to see it on primetime all the time. It's not an intriguing matchup for me at all. But the Bears are going to Lambeau. The Bears are getting 10. How do you see this one playing out? Uh, I like the Packers in a rebound this week. Um, You know, the Packers should be getting back potentially both of their tackles in this game, their offensive tackles and uh, getting back um, Alan Lazard at wide receiver as well. So I think a little bit of a reload on offense and I like this defense to shut down a bears attack that basically won a fluke game in the rain against a superior 49ers team until we see more out of Justin Fields. I, I'm, I don't really like this team. I think that they're going to end up as one of the bottom feeders of the league and so the Packers hold serve this week, even uh, with the, the big spread. Hindsight kind of is 2020 here. I'm, I'm definitely second guessing my pick, but I'm going to go with the Bears getting 10. That's a big spread. It's a big game, divisional rivalry. I don't think they win, but I do think they find make enough plays to keep it close. We'll see how that goes. And then on Monday night football, the Tennessee Titans and Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, another huge spread here. Buffalo is giving 10. Um, I don't mm-hmm. even know if they had to punt. Buffalo did last Thursday night, but still they're yep. coming off their mini buy. What do you think about this AFC matchup? 
The Titans, I'm on record as saying I don't like them this year. I don't think their offense is explosive at all. Their defense is going to be okay, but okay defenses don't work against the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills handle the spread here pretty easily, despite the Tennessee Titans being 2-0 against the Bills in their last two matchups. I agree. I like the Buffalo Bills. Let's get to the game that everyone wants to hear us talk about. That's the 1 o'clock kickoff. New England Patriots at the Pittsburgh Steelers. We talked about how one and a half point spread. It might have moved to two. I'm I'm seeing now at some point in the favor mm-hmm. of the Patriots, but still we're going to go with the one and a half spread over under set at 40 and a half. What's your prediction well, wait, for the what's up? Well, wait a minute here, Jeff. Uh, we got a double header on Monday night this week. Do we? We do. What's the other? What's the other? We game? got Minnesota oh. and, and Philadelphia on Monday night as oh, well. Gosh, I, was, the, I didn't even know. Okay. matchup. So. Let's do that one then. (laughs) Let's go to Minnesota Philly. That should be a fun game. Minnesota Philly. Philly's giving two. Yeah, I love this game. I think it's going to be an absolute uh, fire show, and and it's going to be a lot of fun. I love both of these two teams, Uh, and I I like the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings this year more than most. I'm going Minnesota in this game. It's going to be close, but I think that they actually win this game outright and cover as the underdog. And I like Philly at home. So there you go. Let's go <laughs> to the Steelers go. and Patriots. I just outlined it over under yeah. set at 40 and a half. The Steelers are getting one and a half. We'll go with that spread. How do you see this game playing out? And what's your prediction? So the Steelers come into this game uh, off a, a win against a divisional opponent. They should ride high from that uh, emotionally. And they're going to want to come out and show that they are more uh, than just TJ Watt on defense. I think that this defense absolutely swarms uh, and uh, New England offense that looked underprepared going into week one. And you don't often see that about a, a Bill Belichick team, but their offensive structure right now is in transition. They're not really sure uh, what's going on there in New England. So I like the Steelers to really, to really grind one out, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And the offense should improve a little bit. The Patriots defense is is going to be good, but I think if if uh, the Steelers do a little bit more of what they want to, and the, and the Bengals defense is, we don't give them as enough credit for being a good defense. So Mitchell Trubisky and company should have a little bit smoother sailing, especially in the passing game versus this New England secondary. And uh, I, I think the Steelers win this game, and I don't know if it's going to be as close as people might think. So I What's like your score? What's your score? My score is the Steelers 24 and the Patriots 17. Oh, wow. We are close. I have the Steelers winning as well. I think the defense is going to give the Patriots offense fits. It could lead to some short fields. Yes. The offense isn't going to have to do as much to put points on the board. I have the Steelers winning 23 to 17. Hmm. That was the numbers I wrote down 23, 17. So we both sure. have them winning. That's exciting. Uh, Jeremy, I'll the, as we wrap up our picks, why don't you tell them what you're working on? You can plug, yeah. say whatever you want, and uh, let us know where they can find you on social media. Sure. Well, I'm going to uh, keep power ranking the uh, NFL landscape after each game. Uh, the week the week one, week two prep uh, one is up right now on the website, so you can check that out, NFL Power Rankings on BTSC. And then I'm going to do uh, my next – episode of the uh, starts and sits for the Steelers matchup. If you play fantasy football and you want to take, take a look, a deeper look at uh, this matchup and, and the fantasy relevant players in Steelers Patriots, I'm going to outline that and uh, uh, give you some help for your, uh, your DFS squads, as well as your uh, standard redrafts and, and uh, dynasty leagues. Awesome. All right, Jeremy, as always, thank you for taking the time and we will uh, see you next week. Sounds good, man. Go Steelers. That's right. And a big thank you to Jeremy Jerome Betts for taking the time, as he does every Friday, to talk about picks, to get us ready for the upcoming week of NFL action, not just the Steelers game. It's always great to talk to him. I want to I want to say something before we get to the heart-to-heart. Next week's schedule, that is when the Steelers are going to be playing on Thursday night football against the Cleveland Browns in that dump of a town that they call Cleveland, Ohio. And so when they're playing on Thursday night, everything else kind of gets thrown out of whack. So just for my show right now, I'm going to be back on Monday. I'm going to give you the winners and losers. Wednesday, though, turns into the almost like the Friday show. Now, Jeremy's not going to join me, but on Wednesday, I'll do the mailbag still, but I'm going to be talking about keys to victory, getting you ready for that game. Friday show, 
we'll see what that turns into. I don't know if we want to do a special Thursday episode of, I'm sorry, Friday show will be winners and losers. And then the following Monday, I'll be doing a recap. I might bring in a guest to a Monday morning conversation or something like that, but it's going to be a little different. Stay tuned to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We're going to have all that information, our updated schedule for you right there. All right, let's finish with a heart-to-heart. You know, this is one thing that I really hate about social media is that social media, everyone is allowed to have a voice, and even when some people shouldn't have a voice, they are entitled to their opinions, and I've said that a million times on my show. But one th- the one thing I can't stand is when people want to make claims about things that are completely intangible. When someone challenges someone's heart, and their desire to win, or things like that. That's a dangerous and a slippery slope, and it's also impossible. It is impossible to know what's going on with someone maybe off the field, or if there's an injury present. I just want to tell fans to beware. If you want to criticize a player for not making a play, let's give you an example. If George Pickens is streaking down the sideline, and Mitch Trubisky throws a perfect pass right in the breadbasket, and he drops it, that's fine. You say, man, you got to make that catch. He's got to make that catch. That's his job. He's got to make the catch. But you don't say, oh, he didn't make the catch because his head's not in it. He didn't make the catch because he didn't study film enough. He didn't make the catch because he doesn't have the heart to make the catch. That's a little asinine to me. And so there's a lot of fans that want to bring that aspect of their lives maybe and that into the game. Please don't. Please don't. I'm not saying you can't be critical of the team. You can. You have every right to do that. But when it comes to challenging someone's heart and their effort, let's let's pump the brakes on that a little bit. Until we see a guy that is literally walking on the field, taking plays completely off, let's put, let's hit the pause button on that. Okay, let's hit the pause button on that. All right, folks, that does it for me. I'm done. Friday, this weekend, Sunday, one o'clock, Acroshore Stadium. The New England Patriots invade to play the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week Two. Can they stay perfect? If they do what I told you in the first half, I think they will. But I'll be back, not just on Monday for Winners and Losers. Check me out on the post-game show with my buddies Dave and Brian. We'll be on probably about 20 to 30 minutes after kickoff. You can check us out there on live on YouTube, on Facebook Live, as well as in the audio form shortly after we finish. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. You know how we finish it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers.